0: Drag up that diesel. Sean Taylor moving backwards, trying to find running right room, and he's still on his feet. Good hole, he's got the first down to the 40, he's gone! The 35, the 30, the 20, he's gone! He's gone! He's gone. Down, right What's good? Welcome into the Big Pen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day, at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. It has been uh, a bit of time since I jumped on here, so uh, apologies on that. But we are checking the calendar here. We're about three weeks away from the start of the Washington football team 2020 schedule. That came up quick, didn't it? I mean, it really doesn't feel like we're at the end of August, but here we are. Training camp has been very, very strange this year for, I mean, obvious reasons at this point. I think we all know that we're in the middle of a global pandemic, so that's made training camp really weird. I don't officially know when training camp, like, actually started because of all this stuff. And not having a preseason has kind of been uh, really a pain, to be honest. And we'll dive into the lack of preseason coming up here momentarily because I do think that is squandering the growth of some of our young players on our roster, but uh, it's it's been fun watching the team in action or seeing things on social media of the team in action. I of course am not actually there; I don't have that sort of uh, pull just quite yet. But I've been seeing the videos, and I, I will admit it is it's getting the juices flowing a little bit. It it really is, and we'll we'll talk about the uh, the Dwayne Haskins video momentarily the viral pass to Terry McLaurin which was absolutely fantastic but because I haven't been on uh, this podcast in I mean roughly a month now I haven't gotten on since we learned the diagnosis of Ron Rivera and his cancer diagnosis so I want to start off this podcast by sending uh, well wishes and of course some prayers to the family of Ron Rivera uh, and I know that he's going to get through this. He's a tough SOB, which I think is one of my favorite parts about Ron Rivera. I know there had been uh, a degree of talk as to whether or not he should step away. I, it was, It was both heartwarming and it kind of, I think, validated the hire a little bit when he said, no, I'm still going to coach. I thought that was exactly why we hired that guy to come coach here. And I think it's great for him on a personal level as well. I mean, you gotta remember, we have just spent the better part of four months, five months going on five months, really not doing anything because of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, can you imagine if you spent that part, that five month period, doing nothing, and then immediately when you get to come back, you get this this terrible diagnosis. I would imagine that Ron Rivera doesn't just want to sit at home and do nothing for another who knows how long. So I love that he's still coaching the team. I hope it is therapeutic for him. Obviously, he knows his body, and I don't think anyone is going to to harp on him if he decides to, you know, a couple weeks, couple months, if things do take a turn for the worse, which, of course, we don't want to happen, but if that does end up being the case, I don't think anybody's going to harp on him for stepping away if that comes about, but The way that he is still coaching this team, I think, is fantastic. The way that he is still being hard on the guys and and coaching the way that you expect Ron Rivera to coach, despite that, I would say so far has been a very, very positive sign from what we have seen in training camp so far. So big kudos to Ron Rivera. I love the job that he's doing, despite some of the circumstances on his personal end uh, that are certainly not ideal in the slightest. But let's talk to let's talk to some of the things that we've actually seen the over the past few weeks, right? This is kind of like gonna be a a training camp recap of a podcast, if you will. And I want to start with that that viral video that we saw from Dwayne Haskins, the throw to Terry McLaurin that was posted all over social media. The Washington football team posted it on Twitter. They posted it on Instagram. Uh, I don't know what other social media but they have, but they probably posted it there too. If they had a Pinterest board, it was probably front on that thing. It was a beautiful throw from Dwayne Haskins to Terry McLaurin, and I do my best to not put a a huge amount of stock into some of these videos that we see from training camp because we know, I mean, we've learned the hard way over the past few years, I mean, specifically with the Terrell Pryor stuff and Josh Doxson stuff. We saw all these great videos of them leaping over defenders in training camp and making all these sensational catches on the receiving end of passes thrown by Kirk Cousins, and we were all hyped. We we're like, yes, this is we finally got a two tall wide receivers that know what they're doing, they can go get the football. And then when the season started, it looked like Terrell Pryor forgot how to play wide receiver and Josh Doxon was the same way. So because of that and learning from that, I don't put an incredible amount of stock in some of the stuff that we've seen video-wise. But I also can't ignore the fact that it was a beautiful throw. And I can't ignore that when I saw that throw, it got me pumped up. I was ready for some football watching Dwayne Haskins launch that ball and watching Terry McLaurin get underneath of the ball. I, th- I didn't think Strowman's coverage on the play w- was terrible. Obviously, you would expect Terry McLaurin to dust Greg Strowman no matter what. It's not like he's going up against Stephon Gilmore. Right, or Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going up against Greg Stroman. And we like Stroman, but he's just not a top-tier corner in in the league. So you would expect that out of Terry McLaurin. But, I mean, the juices were flowing. They were. I loved McLaurin's reaction. The punt of the football, I thought, was was very, very funny. If you are an individual that is suggesting that the the Washington football team go out and try and acquire Earl Thomas... It's a really good thing we didn't have Earl Thomas for that play because Earl Thomas would have tried to fight Terry McLaurin after he punted that football after that catch. So that's a big win that we did not have Earl Thomas on our roster during that specific play. But I'd love the the reaction from everybody on offense. That camaraderie I thought was really, really cool. So I was a huge fan of that. I I still would have would have loved to see that in the preseason. I think our team in particular is going to get very very hurt by not having preseason. Because right now I should be on here discussing preseason games. And we should be out here discussing, you know, who is going to to make the 53-man roster. What are the position battles? And there are still position battles, but we aren't getting to watch them unfold on our televisions. Like we aren't getting to watch certain guys play in the third or fourth quarter of a meaningless preseason game to see what they're actually about. We are heavily relying on some of the things that we have seen on social media and some of the things that we are hearing from the people that we trust who are at the practice field, at the practice facility, watching these guys. And our media does a very good job with that sort of thing, so uh, I can kind of sleep well at night, if you will, listening to some of the people that we know are there, but it's not quite the same as seeing these things unfold on our television screen. And specifically when it comes to Dwayne Haskins' maturation, because depending on who you listen to, and I guess it almost varies by the day, Dwayne Haskins has seemed to have had some really, really good days, and he's also seemingly had some not-so-great days. And the preseason would be the perfect time for him to kind of get those 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 kind of hiccups, I would say, out of the way, get into kind of a real-game speed Now, I know Ron Rivera has the guys moving fast, running hard, practicing hard. They're hitting hard when they are actually hitting. And you can't just avoid all contact in football. Like We understand that. I mean, even that Terry McLaurin play, there was a a degree of contact there. And we get that. But it would be nice to see this unfold during a preseason game so we can really get a grasp of what we are seeing. Because if you remember, when we saw all of those videos... With Terrell Pryor and and Josh Doxson, those two guys really didn't play in the preseason. Which made no sense, and that was all Jay Gruden's weird preseason philosophy of just not playing guys. It made no sense for Terrell Pryor to not play in the preseason with Kirk Cousins. It it was a stupid decision. So I would love to see these guys play in the preseason, but at the same time, our organization has a history of, of guys performing very, very well in the preseason and then not carrying over to the regular season. I remember, we'll go way back here, I remember when we brought in Brandon Lloyd, and what was that, that had to be 2006, right after we would went 10-6, and 6, we brought in Brandon Lloyd, who was almost Odell Beckham Jr. before Odell Beckham Jr. was, in terms of acrobatic catches with the San Francisco 49ers, he was doing all these layouts, these one-handed grabs, and we were going to team that dude up with Santana Moss, and we're like, alright, this offense, those two guys, Cooley, Portis, we're going to be set. And I remember watching Brandon Lloyd in one of the first preseason games, I think it was against New England that year, and he made one of those layout catches, and I'm like, all right, here we go. This Brandon Lloyd guy, he's the truth, our offense, next level. And then once the regular season starts, there's a reason. We don't talk about Brandon Lloyd anymore. It just wasn't there. So I understand, even if we did have a preseason right now, it wouldn't be the absolute greatest thing. It wouldn't be a 100% this is exactly how it's going to play on the regular season. It would just help build chemistry and it would help these guys get in game speed. And I would take much more stock in seeing that throw that Dwayne Haskins made against another team than I do seeing it against Strowman. I mean, th- that's just how I look at this. And offensively, I also want to see guys like Bryce Love in action. I also want to see guys like uh, Gibson in action. I've seen the videos. I've heard tremendous things about Bryce Love. And to tell you the truth, all of the the positive energy and the positive expectations that I once had for Darius Geis have now obviously been removed from Darius Geis, and I'm placing them on the shoulders of Bryce Love. Maybe that's a silly decision by me in terms of where I'm placing these expectations. Another guy that has a history of injuries. But I've heard good things about him in training camp, and I'm excited. I'm excited about what that guy brings to the offense. I'm excited because I know he's a former teammate of Christian McCaffrey when those guys were at Stanford, and we have seen what Christian McCaffrey could do in the offense that we are going to be running this year. Now, obviously, it's unfair to just place all of those expectations and success levels that Christian McCaffrey had in Carolina and just put them on Bryce Love, and I don't want to do that But I see similarities in their game. And Bryce Love is exceptionally versatile. And that's, I mean, arguably that's one of the best parts about his game. You can put him out there with Adrian Peterson also on the field. You can put him out there with Gibson also on the field. In fact, I hope we have packages with that. With both Love and Gibson. Maybe even all three if you want to. I mean, I know our wide receiving group isn't exactly the greatest in the NFL. I do think it's better than, than some people are giving it credit for, but I understand it's not the greatest in the NFL, but our running back group is pretty solid right now. I think we have a lot of talent at the running back position, and a lot of that is because you have guys like Love and Gibson who are versatile, and they can do different things. So I would hope that we put together some form of packages that can utilize that. I mean, you want to put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And right off the cusp now, like in August, these are the guys that we know can make plays on our offense. Terry McLaurin, Steve Sims Jr., Adrian Peterson, obviously. Gibson is a playmaker. Bryce Love is a playmaker. I have high expectations for my guy, Antonio Gandy-Golden. I have high expectations for him. I've seen a couple good plays from Cam Sims. But those first five that I mentioned, we know are playmakers. So I would love to see some sort of unique offensive packages, some wrinkles that you wouldn't normally see, maybe stuff that you didn't see in Carolina to freak defenses out, but to also help get the ball in the hands of the playmakers because that should be the most important thing that this team is working on this offseason, utilizing that. I'm not against seeing some wildcat Throw a a Bryce Love Gibson Wildcat formation at me every now and then. Don't build your offense around the Wildcat. But give me a little Wildcat. I'm not against a Wildcat formation. I love the thing. And it worked. And I feel like if you use it at certain times at the right times, it could be an exceptionally effective formation. And you can get some really good positive yards and positive plays out of the Wildcat formation. And because we have all these guys that are so unbelievably talented utilize it. I feel like for such a long time, our offense wasn't innovative. We were seeing all these other great things. I mean, we did have the RG3 year, of course. I can't just skip over that. And that was about as innovative as anyone at the time, and it worked. But other than that, I feel like our offense hasn't been exceptionally innovative, and we haven't necessarily jumped on some of the trends that we have seen other teams jump on across the NFL. And sometimes that's a good thing. We just don't have the personnel for it. Because Lord knows you can't take a square and try and place it into the spot of a circle, right? I mean, we can't do that. So if you don't have the personnel to run certain things, don't do so. But I feel like in terms of a wildcat or some of these other, these unique almost college style of offenses, I feel like our personnel, the playmaking positions, has gotten better to the point where we can kind of start to explore some of these things and catch defenses off guard. Obviously, we're not going to run an option with Dwayne Haskins. That's just not his style of play. I don't want to see him run an option. You don't want to see him run an option. He doesn't want to run an option. Nobody wants to see him run an option. We want to see him chuck 50-yard bombs. That's just the quarterback that he is, but utilize these playmakers. Put them in positions where they can use their skill. I mean, Gibson is a freaking freight train. I mean, he's a huge individual. Get him in the open field and make the defense tackle him. Put the fear of God in some linebacker or some cornerback that has to bring that dude down with a full head of steam. Very, very good things are going to happen for our team if that's the situation that we are placed in. So get weird. Get freaky. Get get some of these fun offensive uh, designs and play concepts into our playbook this year. I mean, let's really blow the doors off of uh, some of these defenses with all the playmakers that we have on offense. All right, now let's shift over to the defense. I'm not I'm not just going to give all the credit to the offense here. We've seen some great things from some of the guys on defense. And to the surprise of nobody, most of it is coming from the defensive line. Our defensive line is crazy. It's nuts. I mean, it's an insane group of individuals. It's an insane group of human beings. And they're going to eat souls this year. I mean, I, I really believe that. I think our defensive line is going to easily be top five in the NFL. There's no reason for our group to not dominate. And now when you add the coaching staff that we had have, with Ron Rivera, with Jack Del Rio, everybody seems to love playing for Jack Del Rio, which is fantastic. His social media game sucks, but he's not paid to do social media. He's paid to coach, and everybody seems to love playing for Jack Del Rio our defensive line is going to absolutely just it's going to people are going to lose a lot of money based on our defensive line. I'll tell you that. I mean earlier today today's a Tuesday, earlier today, I was seeing multiple tweets of Durant Payne just tossing dudes around. Which maybe isn't the greatest look for our offensive line, but I'm going to I'm going to choose to focus on the positive here. So we'll just focus on the defensive line. He's tossing dudes around. John Allen's tossing dudes around. Ioannidis is tossing... Montez Sweat. Chase Young. When I saw the video... of Chase Young doing some some drills... and then doing push-ups after... I was a little confused. And then when I got the story... of what exactly he was doing... he kind of jumped up on my list of athletes... specifically in this city... that I would take a bullet for. I have this list... I have a list of athletes, many of whom are here in D.C. That I'd metaphorically, or maybe really, but metaphorically, take a bullet for. Probably not really, because I can't. I can't imagine a situation where I would actually have to take a bullet for a guy like Chase Young. So metaphorically, I would take a bullet for. And like on this list is Ovechkin and like Juan Soto, Steven Strasburg, like great, great players here in D.C. Chase Young is now on that list because the push-up thing. I mean, he's a different breed. You don't just find guys like that. He's doing push-ups after he felt he had a bad rep at the drill. It's not like the coach is saying, Hey, you know, Chase, that that just wasn't it, man. Come on, hit ten push-ups. That's not what that was. That was Chase Young saying, I didn't feel like I did my best here. I didn't dominate the way I wanted to dominate. I'm going to go get stronger, knock out 10 push-ups, knock out 20 push-ups, 100, whatever he did, probably not 100, but 10, 20 push-ups real fast, and I'm going to get back in it. If that's the mentality that everybody on our defensive line has, I mean 50-plus 50, 50 plus sacks, easy. I mean easy 50-plus sacks. The dude himself, Chase Young, I'm, I'm still standing strong on saying that he's going double-digit sacks his rookie year. Without question. Assuming we get the full length of the NFL season, he's going double-digit sacks. Easy. That defensive line is going to be so unbelievably good. There's a very strong chance it'll make up for our linebacking group. Because our linebacking group isn't great. I still have high expectations for Reuben Foster. I really like him. I have high expectations. I'd say, you know what? Maybe not high. I have good expectations, I would say, for Thomas Davis. I think he's been a real good veteran presence so far, at least, again, from some of the stuff that I've seen. It sucks It sucks not getting to watch these guys play in the preseason. I know we as fans hate the preseason because it's boring, but there are actually good elements of the preseason, and we're, we're getting robbed of that because, because of this coronavirus stuff, which sucks. It's very, very annoying. But I want to see these guys in action. I think our secondary is going to be solid, not great, but solid. It'll be passable. It's certainly, I'm not expecting our secondary to be worse than some of the secondaries we've had in the past because Lord knows we've had some terrible guys when it comes to pass coverage in uh, in past seasons here. So I don't think we're going to be that bad, but I think it should be obvious at this point that our defensive line is going to be the best aspect of this defense. And they're going to win us some ballgames. And they're going to put together some really great plays. They're going to force some turnovers. And they're going to make life hell for opposing offenses and I love everything about that all right that's gonna wrap this one up this is a quick one a quick little kind of a recap we'll start to do these more frequently again it just sucks not having preseason I can't watch things I can I'm only uh, I'm privy to what I'm seeing on social media which is not a position that I like being in because I like seeing things with my own two eyes but this is gonna wrap it up let me know your thoughts on the possibility of our offense getting weird on the possibility of our offense implementing some weird college style of things, whether it be Wildcats or whatever the hell they decide to do. Hit me on Twitter at Denton underscore day. And with that, we'll wrap this one up. I'll see you next week on the Big Ben Podcast.